as always. It's so good to be with you. And uh, let me ask, how's the Christmas shopping going? All right, thumbs up. Okay, I saw some thumbs up over there. That's good. Well, we'll it won't be too long now, will it? It'll be here. So Christmas is right around the corner. But right now we're, we're full swing into the season of Advent. And it's during this time of year that we particularly focus on what some people have called the Advent virtues, the four Advent virtues as we see them expressed in the, in the Advent candle wreath in the back there. And they are these, hope, peace, joy, and love. Let me ask you, could you do with a little more of these in your life? Well, I bet you could. I bet you could. I surely know that I could. And uh, last week we looked at radical hope. That was the first one, week one. And radical hope, according to the scriptures, means to hope against hope. Now that's an interesting concept, isn't it? It's a biblical concept. But here's what it means. It means that even when the visible odds are not in your favor, hope remains because God and not your circumstances is the source of your hope. God never changes. Circumstances, they come and go. God never changes. So we can hope against hope because our faith and our trust is in God. This morning, we're going to look at the second virtue of Advent, and that's called unspeakable peace. Peace. Let me ask you, could you do with a little more unspeakable peace in your life? Well, I bet you could. I know that I could. And what I'm going to say to you might surprise you right now, but it's very true. Peace is our natural state. Let me say that again. Peace is our natural state. Yes, you heard me right. You and I were made. If you go into the scriptures, you discover that you and I were made by God to have peace so amazing and so divine that if someone were to ask us to describe it, our response would be like the Mounds candy bar slogan. Well, it's indescribably delicious. That's exactly what the peace of God is like. It's that wonderful. So the question then, there's a tension that arises if you talk about peace being a natural state, and that is how do you reconcile that truth with the fact that there's not a lot of peace in the world today. People seem to be more disturbed and more troubled. See, it's sort of like this. If peace is so natural, you might be thinking this right now. Why are we more likely to give you a peace of our mind rather than to have peace of mind? Isn't that true? Or here's a good, this, boy, this is definitely one that I see today. I saw some of it this weekend already. Why is it that people are so uptight today that they have trouble falling asleep during the homily? You don't think about that. Think about that. Well, Peter provides the answer when he says this. He, he, he knows the source. He says that peace begins with God. Peace begins with God. See, Peter would say, don't even, don't even expect to find peace if it's going to be dependent upon outcomes of circumstances and situations. If it's always got to be rosy, it's not going to happen. And if you've not figured it out by now, uh, and you will before, before you die, uh, these are the kinds of things that happen to all of us in life. 
For example, wealth disappears, pandemics come, jobs end, inflation rises, role models, they disappoint us, relationships fail, and health declines. Uh, these are the things. See, you can't associate peace with a trouble-free life. If you do, that's, that's commercialism. If you do that, you're in for a major disappointment. Even Jesus himself said to the disciples, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble. It's a, it's a total reality. But he says, what did he say? He says, but. I love Jesus's but. Sometimes buts get in the way, don't they? Uh, I like this, but. But Jesus said this, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. I've overcome all the circumstances. <laughs> you can have peace in me. And so that's a wonderful thing. See, the one and only true source of peace. Now, there's temporary peace. You know, you can buy something and it gives you peace for a little while. But the only true source of peace, when all hell is breaking loose, and when you're up to your eyeballs and alligators, is God. That's it. He's the only one. And so in following with the hope against hope motif, I'd like to think of today's as peace against peace. Peace against peace. Now, what am I saying there? Well, here's what I'm saying. Even when the visible odds are not in your favor, peace remains because God and not your circumstances is the source of your peace. There's the key to life. You want the key to life? There it is. See, God is at the top of our pyramid in life. He's, he's the ultimate. God is the ultimate. So the question becomes, how do we grow in peace with God in order with, to withstand all the curveballs that life is going to throw at you? You know, you might get some curveballs today before this day's over. You know, how do you withstand that? How do you keep your peace? Well, let me offer you a couple of quick suggestions. First of all and foremost, accept Jesus into your life and grow in your friendship with him. That's essential. That's not optional. That's essential. See, Jesus does something very important. He did many things in this world, but the main thing that he did is that he reconciled us to God. That's number one priority. And I, I hate to tell you this, but I, I got to tell you this. Uh, friendship with God doesn't come from being a good person. Now, you may be a good person, and that's great, and that's really important, but that's not how friendship with God comes. Why? Well, to be honest with you, we're not all that good. You know, we can be pretty, we can, you can be close to perfect, but you'll never hit perfect. You just, you can't do that. So when you stack yourself up against God, who is all holy, all just, all merciful, all loving, you fall short. You can't, you can't get to God by being a good person. It doesn't work that way. But what Jesus teaches us, what the whole scriptures, the church, and, you know, several thousand years of tradition teach us, is that friendship with God comes through grace. It comes through the grace of God, which God provides through Jesus, his son. What did Paul say in Romans 5 to the church at Rome? He says, my dear friends and brothers and sisters, we have peace with God through what? Our good works? No. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The person. Peace I leave you. Jesus said that. 
My own peace I give to you. So nurture that relationship with him and you'll find the God of peace. The second thing is to focus on God's presence. God is always with us, but sometimes we forget that. We forget that he is. And I like what Isaiah had to say, one of the Old Testament prophets, when he talked about fixing your gaze upon God. Listen to what he says. He says, here's a great promise. You want a great promise in life? Here it is. You will keep in perfect peace the one who focuses on you. Why? Because they trust in you. They trust in you. Now, what I'm about to say is trite. I, I understand that, but I'm pretty simple. Uh, but it's true. Here it goes. If you look at the world, you'll be depressed. Would you agree with that? Okay. If you look within, you might be depressed. Well, that's a possibility too. But if you look to God, you'll be at rest. Doesn't that feel good? The third thing is to trust God's purposes. Now, this truth is essential. Have you noticed that a lot of things in life don't make sense? You ever notice that about life? Well, if you haven't, you will. <laughs> you will before it gets over. Uh, see, there's a lot of things that are beyond our control. Particularly when we're younger, we think we can sort of control everything. Guess what? You're in for a rude awakening. You can't control everything. It's just not possible. See, some things are bigger than you are. The only thing, the biggest thing, though, is God. He's bigger than anything in any situation. And uh, so you're going to learn that if you haven't learned it already in life. So what do you do when you bump up against something that's not in your control? What do you do when you bump up against something in life that doesn't make sense well you trust God you know faith and reason we I love Catholicism because we emphasize faith and we emphasize reason and reason is very important God gave us a mind to think right it's a gift but there are points in life where things we just sort of have to we have to throttle back on the reason and we got to push forward on the faith portion of it we have to trust in God let me give you this scripture is this not a cop-out scripture by the way okay but listen to this you want a great promise here it is trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding think about him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right paths there's a promise you realize how many promises I've shared with you this morning already great promises. The fourth and final thing, if you want to grow in peace, is to guard what you let into your soul. Now, this is the practical of practical suggestions. Here's, here's what I'm trying to say. You and I are made by God. God created us. He designed us. And we are made that what we pick up through our senses it goes, it is piped directly into our soul. So here's what I'm saying. And uh, Jesus was absolutely adamant, adamant about you and I guarding what we look at, what we listen to, what we taste, 
what we touch and smell, the five senses, right? Because they're gateways into the soul. That's one of the ways that we relate. That's how we relate to life, is through our senses. And so they're gateways into the soul. And Jesus says, you've got to watch that. You've got to be careful about what you let go into your soul. Because if you allow unhealthy senses, unhealthy sensations, to go up into what the saints called the higher or the upper regions of the soul, well, guess what? The soul becomes distressed and peace goes away. It goes away. So what we're called to do is only let good things come into our senses. Let me give you a couple examples. What's going to give you peace today? Listening to repetitive editorials on Fox and CNN or Gregorian chant? Which one's going to give you peace today? Here's a good one. What calms your soul? Looking at pornography or looking at a manger scene? Do you see how these sensations, what we see, what we hear, how they go into our soul and they disrupt it or they encourage it? God made you that way. You're made that way, aren't you? So that's why Garfield the cat, you know, his, his famous point, what did he say? Garbage in, garbage out. That's exactly right. That's the way it works. Now, Paul, being a more positive person than the cat, uh, he says it in another way. He says this in Philippians. He says, when we allow only good, wholesome, and praiseworthy things to enter through the portals to our soul, here's what he says. He says, we will surely, we will surely, Paul says, experience the peace of God. The soul is calm when we put good things into it. The soul is disturbed when we put troubling things into it. So simple, but so profound. So I'd like to leave you with one thought for reflection this morning. God wants to give you peace. God loves to give you things because you're his children. God wants to give you peace because it's his nature to give good things. You look at all those gifts out there today. It's in your nature to give, isn't it? Well, where'd you get that from? Well, you got it from God. You're, you're made in the image and likeness of God, aren't you? So God made you that way. God made you to, and he himself reveals to us that it's his nature to give good things to his children. God wants us to give us a peace that Jesus said the world can't give to you, but only God can give to you. But it is a choice. This is a critical point in understanding life today. See, the decision of whether or not to accept peace is your decision. It's your decision to make. So you have to choose. You have to choose which one you're going to take. Otherwise, you would not be giving. You would not be receiving something in a loving way. It wouldn't work that way. Otherwise, you would be nothing more than God's robot. Anybody want to be a robot like, on, like a vacuum cleaner? You want to be one of those? I don't. God didn't make us for that, did he? You know, our ability to make decisions and choices is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us. And so he gives us the choice. He says, here it is. Choose today which one you want. 
Which one do you want? It's your choice, see, because I love you. Love is always a choice. Love is always a choice or it's not love. So I can promise you this this morning. This is another promise. I, I promise this 100%. I guarantee it a million percent. Here it is. If you're truly serious about taking God up on his offer of peace and you pursue him with your heart, you will find a storehouse of peace that is so vast and it is so immense that you will maintain your peace in life no matter what you go through. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? That's a good deal, isn't it? God bless all of you. Jesus is coming soon.